Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for another of the most scintillating hours in finance radio. And this is uh, got a great show planned for you today. This is different, though. I, I This is a first-timer. We have done the show from the, co- co- excuse me, the Bulwark Bunker, right? The COVID Bulwark Bunker. We've done the show from there many times. But never when we were actually on quarantine. That's right. It finally got me. The kung fu flu got me. And not only that. And guys, we're going to talk markets and stuff, but I got to lay this out for you. So my wife had a weekend getaway plan with a friend. It's like a girl's weekend. Long overdue, right? She, she needs this. And uh, so it's me and the kids this weekend. Wife's set to leave Wednesday. Well, I'm not feeling very good Wednesday. And my kids aren't either. And this thing's just been kind of hanging around, headache. Not, a, not that big a deal. Well, we all take tests on Wednesday night. <clears throat> and we've all got COVID. Me and all three of the kids. Uh, my wife had had it the week before. We, we found out. She was the first one, shockingly enough. Uh, you'd think it'd be the kids, right? But anyway, so uh, we find out. So literally since Wednesday evening... I have been home with COVID with my three children with COVID with, with no other spouse in the house. It, it has been an interesting run and trying to manage portfolios through a period of time. It's a, you know, it's a little crazy out there, right? Thank God for good employees and good traders and stuff and, and modern technology it really didn't slow our role at all. But anyway, so <clears throat> if I sound a little less than exuberant um, or a little funny, you know, because I, I can kind of hear it a little bit. I'm a little, little congested. Uh, that's why. And if my brain wanders, that's the biggest thing. I, you know, I had some shivers. It wasn't really that bad. It just felt like kind of like a nasty little cold. Um, but the, the, the head fog, um, I just feel like it dits. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's get to it. So, so let's kind of get an update for the week. Um, markets continue to get slammed. We got a nice little bounce back going here. This is pretty much textbook, guys. We're tra- we're tracking a channel right now that the Nasdaq's been stuck in every single uh, for this entire year. And um, just see Wednesday, you hit the bottom of that channel. Yesterday, you violated and went below it. Today, boom, you got a smack back up. So it's right back in that channel. Um, <clears throat> You know, let's let let's. Um, I think we all know what is going on, and let's just look at it from a market perspective right now. Um, these movements are normal. Okay, so it, first, I would say, is this a bear market? Um, yes, we believe it is. Okay, and we believe that we're also probably in a recession right now. Now, when I say recession, that is, oh, you're saying we're in a recession, so it's going to be the Great Depression. No, right? These these words get so much. Uh, a motion tied up to them. All, all we mean by recession is two quarters of contracting economic growth. Why do we believe we're in a recession? Well, you're getting several indicators on certain consumer spending and consumer sentiment um, gauges that, that look recessionary. Um, the other thing is, is that while oil remains in and of itself, we think far below a, I, I think this is based on a lot of different people's research. Um, and us assessing things ourselves. But we think that really for crude oil to get to a point where it becomes, <clears throat> you know, it starts, it gets so expensive that it actually starts slowing the economy down itself, where it starts creating what we call demand destruction. We think that price is somewhere between 180 to 200. But what you've got to look at is there's an interesting dynamic at play right now with crude oil and then the price of distillates like diesel and gas. So if we look at diesel and gas, they're at all-time highs. They are trading at prices that would typically reflect, reflect $250 oil. Okay, so people are like, oh, well, it's demand destruction. I, I think that diesel and gas are to a point where there is some demand destruction, right? Um, 
Now, I think that we're going to see higher diesel and gas prices. And I, you know, I don't know what the timetable on that is. But the reason that you see this disconnect or, you know, somewhat between the pricing of distillates like diesel and things like that and crude oil is it has to do with the refineries. So the oil that we produce here in North America is not our, our refineries are not set up or built to deal with that style of oil. And all of the distillate or, or, you know, like diesel, for instance, what we need that darker crude, the kind of crude that comes from Russia. So, you know, some issues like this, I think will settle out. I mean, I think there's a really good possibility where you could see oil pull back, you know, 10 or 15% and you could probably see gas prices and diesel prices maybe pull back, you know, 25, 35%, maybe even a little more. Um, but you know, the long-term outlook and the shortage on this kind of stuff, guys, it just is what it is. You know, like we've said before, you could see a lot of noise in the price, you know, all commodities, especially oil and that gas are going to be very noisy. But like I was saying, we do believe that we're in a recession. Now, how bad that recession gets, um, you know, I, I think very much it could be like a stagflationary recession where you could still see materials and fuels stay stubbornly high, food prices stubbornly high, um, and GDP contracting. You could even see, you know, you could even see situations where you have positive economic growth, where the economy is expanding at like 1.2%, you know, or 2%. But if you're running 5% inflation, right, that's a real negative growth of 3%. Okay, so we've kind of entered this new paradigm. When we talk about growth or contraction in the economy, it needs to be, we need to step back and really start inserting inflation into that conversation. And that's why we think we're in a recession, because if you see GDP down negative 1.4 in the first quarter, which it was, and you see inflation at 8.1, that's pretty nasty, right? That's, that's pretty nasty. That's like a negative 9.9% something growth rate, right? In real terms. So, you, you, you know, we, we've got to look at everything through an inflationary lens. You know, because, for instance, if you go three quarters, let's say you're bumping around at 2 2.5% growth. Everybody's like, oh, the economy's still growing. This isn't recession. Well, if inflation's ripping at 6 to 8, it's going to feel like a recession, right? Because the price of goods is rising significantly faster than the economy is growing. And you can think about it in terms of the economy growing, right, increases in wages, right? So that means that you know, your wages are going up by, you know, economy's growing. And guys, I'm using rudimentary numbers, but these things still apply, right? Maybe your wages are growing up by two, two and a half percent a year, 3% a year. But if prices are increasing by six to 7% a year, you're falling further and further behind, right? And in a consumer driven economy, like we live in and like the rest of the pretty much the developed world is, that's a problem. The other problem is rising interest rates, right? Everywhere you look, there is a damp blanket on this stuff. Now, there are some things out there that look good. There are some, quote unquote, positive signs. For instance, you've got record tax tax receipts. Um, You got some record job openings. You've got very low unemployment. But I I personally, looking at those numbers right now, guys, I think those are peak numbers, kind of like earnings on the S&P were last year. I think you got numbers that were set up for peak. And when you look at what this market is doing, if we're thinking about the fact that markets are looking 18 months in the future, generally speaking... This makes sense to me. I would expect a lot of companies to have significantly more profitability next year. And so, you know, to answer that question, is this bear market? Yeah. I mean, it, it, if you look at the NASDAQ, it is because it's down more than 20% on the year. Uh, S&P isn't quite down 20% on the year. I think now it's down about 17 or, or 18% on the year, something right there. Um, again, I'll just go back to this, guys. You're going to get bear market rallies. And that channel we were talking about that we're tracking tracking with the NASDAQ, just keep in mind, it is totally normal in a bear market. Remember, I was telling you that we're bouncing. So think of an upper line and and a lower line, okay? And they're moving from your upper left hand, right? And they're moving diagonally downward to the lower right-hand corner, okay? That's a negative channel, a bear market channel, we call that, okay? It's totally normal. In a bear market for that, for, the, for things to go down there, hit the bottom of that channel, and then rip all the way to the top. And just to give you some perspective, for the NASDAQ, the top of that channel is 
Okay, so don't be surprised if you see big rallies. And if this is what we think it is, that's probably how it's going to play out. That's just the way these things typically work. Everybody forgets it in hindsight because all you do is think about the pain at the bottom. That's what you remember, right? But you go back to the financial crisis. You, you had, don't quote me on this, but you had something like, I don't know, 10, 12 different rips where you had the market bounce 10 to 15%, even a couple times as high as 20% off its bottom. Right. So meaning if it was down 40 percent, you know, it bounced back another 20 percent from that level. Before you actually met the, you know, the penultimate low, those are called bear market rallies. That's normal. And why do they work that way? Because markets are really cruel. Right. They're kind of like the African Sahara, if you will. Right. It's like nature. They, they tend to do the thing that causes the most people the most pain when they're normal. Right, the last last several years are not a very good proxy, not a very good example. But that's what usually happens, and that's why the pain gets so severe in these kinds of drawdowns. Market goes down, you get one of these bear market rallies, it sucks a bunch of people back in again. Oh, here we go, we bought low, and then boom, the next leg comes in. And it wouldn't surprise me to see that type of rip to the upside on the NASDAQ because, I mean, that was a pretty hearty downswing. You know what I mean? That You went down. There were really no bounce back days. I mean, it was just kind of a free fall. Now, having said that, it's never really gotten disorderly yet at this point. So, you know, we're very much in the opinion that we do not think this is a bottom. Um, now, now, here's one of the things. If you go into kind of recessionary mode, people will sit there and go, Zach, well, could that mean a pivot back to tech? Well, I certainly think that that could mean a pivot back to tech, at least as the stocks are concerned over the short term. But here's the problem, and I really think that Netflix has given us a hint on this. Remember, inflation is a game changer, okay? So I thought it was fascinating that Netflix had, in this last quarter, you know, had a sub, sub you know, a substantial, I'm not going to say it was huge, I can't recall the number off the top of my head, but they had a drop in subscribers for the first time in a very long time. Maybe ever. I don't know. Maybe they've never had a quarter. I, don't quote me. But that doesn't surprise me. And I think that that's the danger with a lot of different tech right now. A, you've got higher prices. You've got inflation levels that we haven't seen in 40 years. People are going to go through and cut fluff. I think especially coming out of COVID, right? They're going to cut fluff. They're going to trim things back. Second of all, the economy isn't shut down, right? A lot of these subscription services will get cut back. Right. So, you know, this, 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 this line of business, these, these subscription type software companies, um, they're beautiful businesses that everybody likes. And and I still think it's a great business, but remember when you get into, and I think the way to think about it, we've talked about this before, kind of inflation's effects on an economy is kind of thinking about it like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And at the top of that pyramid, if you know what I'm talking about there, or if you don't look it up, because I think it's a good illustration, but on the top of that period, a pyramid, the top of that hierarchy, you know, you could put stuff like Kathy Wood and, and ARK Invest, right? It's innovation and tech. Well, when you, when the bottom of that pyramid, the base of that, right, your ability to put food on the table, the ability to put fuel in your car, the ability to purchase a home, uh, the ability to heat your home, right? When those things are in question, you're not, you're not worried about this stuff, right? You're going to cut this stuff because it's superfluous. You got to secure that bottom rung, right? Look at the baby formula shortages, And I think that these types of things are going to continue to play out as the world wakes up and realizes that messing with energy and having feckless and and ridiculous energy policy has tremendous consequences. Surprise, surprise. And and there's a lot of knock-on effects that nobody's even thinking about. Shocker, right? The people in charge aren't even thinking about this stuff. And, and, you know, that's kind of the way this goes. And then as price drops, that unveils other things, right? It kind of reminds me of Bitcoin, right? You got crypto getting absolutely slaughtered. Then you find out a lot of these companies like Master, MSTR, run by a guy named Michael Saylor. I'm not going to go into it here. But anyway, they've got like, they, they took out a bunch of debt in the corporation. Company, corporation does like $500 million in revenue a year, not profit, but revenue. They took out like $2.5 billion, essentially on margin on Bitcoin. Why do I bring that up? Because these are the other things that happens. As these things drop in price, you start finding that there are a lot of people that were all levered up on this stuff, 
right? Because it was the stuff that went up the most and greed and human nature. And so then other ancillary stuff starts blowing up. Like, for instance, I found out that guy's margin call level on his Bitcoin was like 21. Bitcoin's getting a big bounce today. I just saw that that level was at 21. And I was like, I will be shocked if Bitcoin does not go below 21. Why? Again, markets just have a way of doing that. They sniff out sell stops and margin calls. If you know a bunch of supply has to get forced back on the market at 21, markets just have a way of doing that. It's crazy. Am I saying that for sure? No, I don't think anything's for sure here. But I think the way that you stay out of trouble in markets like these is keeping our eyes on the backdrop. Okay, and as long, and we're going to get into this later, but as long as the five horsemen of the apocalypse are running and they are all currently running like crazy, they're having a rodeo. Okay, markets can do whatever they want to do. You just have to know it is literally like plant trying to plant a garden in a blackberry patch. Just you're not going to get real economic growth as long as the five horsemen are out there raising cane. And like I said, they are having a time. So, so approach that with caution. The other thing, guys, if you are not out of bonds, for God's sake, call us or call somebody else. I don't care what your advisor says. You are getting the, the, the 60, 40 portfolio. And we've been talking about this for six years. Okay. The 60, 40 portfolio is getting annihilated. And if you've been listening to us for a while, guys, we're not perfect. Nobody in this game is, but I think we've developed some credibility here. Who was telling you long commodity, short tech going into this year? Matter of fact, got a call from one of our listeners, prospective client or an email. And, uh, he based off a of co- well, he's, he, no, he's a client. We manage a small account for him, but his biggest amount is in his 401k. And we set him up basically in long energy, short technology. And, uh, he's up 49% year to date. Um, <laughs> he's even beaten me because he went even more aggressive than I told him, which is not very, I'm not advocating you guys do that. I was just laughing when I saw it. I went, Holy smokes, man, you really went all in here. But anyway, the, the, these, these dynamics are not going to shift, guys. And there's some other tells, too. You know, one of the reasons why we love materials is let's say we are wrong and let's say the economy somehow picks back up. You know, one of the things you always want to think about when you're managing risk and especially managing money, how are things going to play out if I'm wrong? And that's kind of the beautiful thing I love about this long commodities trade is if this economy does not tank, which I just I definitely think at least in a textbook level, you're looking at recession. I think we're in one right now. And my guess, it'd be, it'd be a pretty serious one. That, that, that'd be my guess. But if somehow that is wrong, I, I do not see how commodities, especially energy, do not lead this market. And, and look at a day like today, right? NASDAQ's up 3.48. Um, you've got energy stocks up about four, right? And you're continually seeing that, where the energy and the materials are commonly outperforming, even on updates, right? That's a change. That's a tell. I think that's the market fa- you know, forecast you, hey, you got to be careful here, right? This is a changing environment. And if you're sitting there, guys, let me plead with you. I've been saying this for years and years and years, okay? And we've been saying it all this year. Do not sit there. We've got several people calling and go, well, Zach, you know, we want to move to you, but should we, should we wait until things bounce back? No, no, guys, no, no. Even on up days, our stuff is, you have structural problems in your portfolio, okay? You're not diversified. You're concentrated in tech. If you don't believe me, start going through the holdings and those mutual funds and ETFs you own and bonds. Okay, I'm not saying that our portfolio is going to work better over the next month or two. What I'm saying is your portfolio is broken for the next 10 to 15 years. Again, like we were pounding on the table yesterday, just kind of going over, or excuse me, all last year. Um, When interest rates go up, the stocks that have the biggest multiples come down. Why did people like Kathy Wood continue to, I don't know. I don't know why they don't know that. It amazes me how many investors, even when, and guys, you have to pay attention to currency markets. It's the base of all that happens. If you're not paying attention to currency markets, you are flying blind. And it amazes me how often I get up there and hear somebody pitching this, pitching that, talking about this company and paying absolutely no attention to currency prices. Okay. Or interest rates. When, when you go from an environment 
where you've got 0% interest rates, central banks slinging dough out there like it's going out of style, right? Spraying down the streets with cash. And then you go to a period where they're quickly jacking up interest rates and pulling back on all that excess liquidity. You have to understand that is going to create a major sea change in markets. And then you've got to look at the period of time that's been going on. Well, we are coming out of the biggest in terms of rise from bottom to top and longest bull market in U.S. history where those conditions of easy money and easy liquidity were almost ever present. A couple times they weren't. But even then, you know, the Fed never came close to normalizing. And, and even when they were, quote, unquote, pulling the strings back in 2017, 2018, central banks around the world weren't following suit. So you had, you had, you, you had other places where the liquidity was still pouring. Okay, now you move into a market like this where you've got inflation posting 40-year highs, right? And interest rates start going up. When you see that, you got to know that the stocks with the highest multiples are going to get smacked. And then you can tell kind of, you can kind of gauge what the amplitude of that smackdown has been by looking at the level of largesse, looking at the level of how overcooked was it. And you look at valuations, especially there at the top, you were looking at records, record stock buybacks, record corporate debt, record, record earnings, record this, record that, longest bull market in history. So what it tells you is when that environment finally does change, expect fireworks. And so we're saying, where do we go from here? This setup on the NASDAQ looks pretty clear. I don't know. I would say lower. Now, remember, top of the market in the financial crisis, I think, was, I think you hit an all-time high in February of 2008. You didn't hit bottom until March of 2009, so 14 months later. Okay, so this could take time. But, but this is, you know, <laughs> this is where risk management, because this is what gets you. You're freaking out right now, and then we all feel better when stocks start bouncing back on a day like today, right? And they start creeping higher. You start feeling better. You know, you start feeling better. And then two weeks from now, a week from now, whatever it is, the thing tips over, takes the next leg down, and you kind of panic again. But then you kind of bottom, like, okay, I think we've seen the worst of it. Okay. And again, I'll say it, you're going to change. You're either going to change in the anticipation of pain or you're going to change at the realization of pain. If you're not ready to change out of that portfolio now, and you've been listening to this show for a little while, you just need more pain and you will get it. Okay. But you don't have to give us a call 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. We'll show you how our average client Given to give or take how their portfolio is positioned, they're up one, down one, somewhere in that ballpark, right? How our stock portfolios are down slightly. I think we're down 1% on the year, one or, one or two. Nice little bounce back today. Okay, but how are we doing that? How are, was our average client only down 6% during COVID? Stock portfolios were up better than 20% last year. How are we doing that? Give us a call. We'll tell you, Okay. Don't just keep taking the pain. There's a better way. We can drastically lower your risk, drastically lower your cost, and increase your upside. So if we're wrong and markets keep going up, great, you're going to make more money. But if we're right, your retirement's still going to go off without a hitch. (laughs) That's called risk management. And if it doesn't interest you, it should. There's a better way. Give us a call. 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stick with us. This is the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? 
ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And <clears throat> now let's let's... We're going to focus a little less on, you know, the mechanics of it and explain really what's going on. I think we've really been through that a lot. Again, like we were pounding on the table yesterday, just kind of going over, or excuse me, all last year. Um, When interest rates go up, the stocks that have the biggest multiples come down. Right. Look at ARC. It's a classic example. Go pull up ARC. Look, you, you can see a small example of what we're talking about. I'm going to pull it up right where I'm talking to you guys. Pull up the fund ARC, and I want you to look at this. So if you look at one-year chart, you see dips, dips, kind of tops there, July. No, no, no. It was, it was no, shoot, we got to go out further. Okay, so you kind of, you top there in, in January of 2021, get up to 158. And there were several false dawns. You had a false dawn at 112. It rallied back to 130. Popped like 15%. Boom, there you go. Okay. Then you got hammered again. Dropped all the way down to like 110. Rallied all the way back up to like 125. Right? Last year, you had drops. You got down to 93. Rallied back to 100. Another false dawn. Further down the deal, you got down to 55. Boom. Popped up back up to 65. 20% 20% pop off the bottom, 55 to 6577. That's a 20% retracement. Everybody, oh, arc's starting to run again, right? Sucks more money in, and then boom. That's what the market does. And if you don't believe me, a classic example of that is the tech market in 2000 to 2002. And then another one that's a great example is 1929. And then it also happened in the financial crisis. And this is why you've got to take these opportunities, guys, to realize what the flaw in your portfolio is, right? The S&P is currently down like what, 15, 16, 17% on the year. If you've got a 60, 40 portfolio, you're down more than 20. Remember, the fact you've got 40% bonds is supposed to lower your risk. But you're getting killed even worse than the overall market. Why? Because the bonds are leading the way. This isn't something that you wait for it to get better and bounce back. You've got a portfolio that is literally swimming against the current and getting swept away. And it's not going to stop. Where do we go from here? I don't know, nor does anybody know where your ultimate bottom is. The way we're looking at it, guys, is that we're looking at that NASDAQ channel. Lower end on that NASDAQ channel is right around, let's see where are we at. And you got to draw it. I mean, you know, it's, it's not going to tell you much. <clears throat> but lower end of that channel is right around like 11,200, 11,300. Upper end right now is 13,900. That's how big a range it could move in, and it would still be in a downtrend. Okay, and then like I said, the other thing is everybody, now this is something I want you guys to listen to if you're out there, especially if you're picking your own stocks. If you agree with me and you see the signs of economic slowdown, you know, outside of the negative 1.4% print in the first quarter, the fact that inflation is still ripping higher, I want you to think about something. Everybody's like, well, these stocks are getting cheap. Yeah, their PE ratios are starting to look very attractive on the earnings that they have made over the last 12 months. So if you think those stocks are cheap, you're making an assumption that you believe that their earnings will stay commensurate, if not get better, than they were over the previous 12 months. Will there be some companies like that? Yeah, energy companies for one. Do I think tech companies? No. Right? What are some signs? Netflix laying people off, Amazon halting hiring, right? The signs are out there. 
And so you might be buying a stock that you think looks cheap on current valuation, but you got to remember that stock is being priced on the earnings that it has generated over the previous 12 months. And those earnings estimates, right? Think of all these companies, the input cost, even look at Amazon, right? Prime, look what's happened to fuel shipping and all that other kind of stuff, material costs, right? All that stuff is rising. Labor costs are rising. One of the things I'm most sure of is that you've seen peak profits in this cycle. And I I just, I, I can't get there from here that that's not the case. And so one of the things we're going to be doing is we're going to be watching that channel that we, we've been talking about. And then the other thing that we do is <clears throat> make lists of stocks. We had a couple clients, and I think I've mentioned this before, we had a couple clients surprised that we picked up, and not big, not big, not in this market, but just started nibbling on some tech names that we've been watching for a really long time, right? And if you do that, I think it's a very smart move to do that in the long term. Assuming you've done your work and your research on the companies, but they call me and they go, I didn't think you like tech. And I go, well, generally speaking right now, I don't. But that doesn't mean there aren't good companies out there, you know, kind of where you get the baby thrown out with the bathwater scenario. But also remember, you don't need to take a stand and load up the truck. Okay, When we're buying things that are dropping, you got to go into it with a sense of humility and a knowledge that more than likely you're not going to bottom tick the stock meaning you're not going to be picking up right at the bottom. Okay, one of the reasons for that is when you're talking about things that have been so overpriced and they correct, they typically go way too far the other direction too. So then you can start doubting yourself going, wait a second, how is this thing down here? Maybe there's something I don't know about this company. Nope, that's why you buy on weakness and you accumulate over time. Now, that might not lead to the greatest performance over the next 12 to 15 months. But if you're waiting to pick bottoms in these things, don't. Okay, just good luck. You're not going to do it. And if you do, it's blind luck. Okay? Typically, we think if we start accumulating within 20% of the bottom, that's pretty darn good. Right? Um, <clears throat> but where do we go from here? I, You know, I'll continue to say, guys, I just... This setup to me all goes back to the five horsemen, what we're calling the five horsemen of the apocalypse. Let's go through them again, okay? Dollar index and crude above 100, and even if they're above 95, guys, even if you've got crude in the 90s and the dollar index at 100, those are tough conditions for the rest of the world. Let alone today, you've got the dollar index just hovering right at 105, which is like, that. I to try to put that in part... You, you are deep into the red on the tachometer, on your tack gauge, right? You're deep into the red. That is a blinking red light. That is when the dollar starts breaking stuff. Or where we say, jokingly, it goes all Highlander on everybody. Okay, because remember, that's like a tax on the rest of the world. And you've got climbing commodity costs, and the rest of the world has to convert their currency into dollars to buy those commodities so they're getting hit on the on the currency swap and then they're getting double hit on the commodity side right so that's number one rising dollar rising oil second contracting growth we'll see what gdp2 numbers are but the trend is down it's clear right trend is down now one quarter trend does not make but i'm just saying it goes with all the things we're seeing what do you see happening in the housing market? I'm talking to a lot of people in the housing market. They're like, it's not slowing down right now, but virtually all the buyers are people that locked in rates over 60 days ago or 60 days ago. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm still, still fighting my COVID here. Me and my daughter came up with something last night that we thought was really funny. We said we are living Cavita Loca. That's <laughs> my corny dad joke of the week. Um, we, we, we thought so much of it, we had to text their mother that. Um, anyway, these are things that are amusing to you once you become a father, apparently. But, um, <clears throat> you, you know, the, 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 the second, like I said, the second horseman, if you will, is contracting growth. Um, until I see some real, ro- you know, if you had like, if you were running like 7 8% inflation, you had like 4 or 5% economic growth, I'd say, okay, that's, that's, you know, that's more of a healthy, I mean, that's too high on inflation, but that's more of a healthy sign. 
if you're running seven, eight percent inflation and you're putting up negative nominal growth rates, that's not good. I mean, that is stagflation. That is the definition of it. And that is the ugliest of all worlds where the economy is stagnating or getting weaker and prices continue to rise. Okay, so right now we have contracting growth. Okay. <clears throat> the other horsemen, inflation. Okay, now everybody's like, well, you know, it could drop to five. Remember, inflation doesn't work like that. Let's say next quarter inflation dropped to 2%. That would be trending in the right direction. But remember, that, that would mean that, that prices had gone up another 2% since the last time they were going up at 8%. That means that prices are still accelerating. They're just accelerating slowly. So it's not like you've actually pulled back. Okay, so if, you, if you're looking for inflation to ebb where prices are actually coming down, then you, what you're talking about is you're talking about net, you're talking about deflation. And I, I don't think you're going to see that. Now, that. now, that could be a risk depending on how hard the Fed leans on the brakes. Okay, but that's, that's not in the purview right now. But bottom line is inflation. And, and, and the reason why we got to keep our eyes on that, while inflation is hot, and guys, that print that came out the other day even blew me away. I thought we'd come in a little weak on that print, and I thought that would be the floor that gave us a, a, a bear market rally. When that print came out at 8.3, with certain core parts, certain parts of that core inflation survey were, were really aggressive, that was an eye-opener. Okay, and that should give everybody pause. Why? Because it brings us to our next horseman. We got to take a quick break. We're up against time. Anyway, if you don't have a risk management strategy, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. If you don't want to call us, you can always email in. We can do email correspondence. But there's a better way, guys. Take the the three minutes it takes to call us and educate yourselves. Educate yourselves on how we're lowering fees, improving performance, improving upside, and drastically lowering risk. It's going to be worth your time. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. With all this money printing and with still 0% interest rates, inflation will very likely rise, and when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been telling people for six years, if you're using bonds in the old-school 60-40 mix as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a risk in today's inflationary environment. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Learn how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still seek to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. What does outside-the-box investing really look like? Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham. Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management and see a side-by-side comparison of your current portfolio versus one Zach would recommend. Schedule your free risk review at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? Ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free 
free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for being with us and sticking with us. Now, this is something I want you guys to listen to if you're out there, especially if you're picking your own stocks. To our next horseman, right? So right now we've got inflation. We've got the dollar index and, 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 and oil. Okay, we've got <coughs> rising interest rates. Rates continue to skyrocket. There's three, right? That's the, the, these are... These are <laughs> the, it, if and that's the problem if the economy continue so if the economy resumes growing those rates are going to keep just going higher right so it's like a counterbalance right three excuse that silence <clears throat> had a cough right there successfully used the cough button or in this case the mute button um, <clears throat> anyway but rising rates is number four so just to recap, so DXY and oil above 100 each, okay? Rising inflation, we're still rising. Economic growth contracting, rising rates, and the Federal Reserve. Fed's left the party, right? They can't do anything. They can't print. They can't stimulate. They can't step in and save the stock market like they've done so many times over the previous 15 years. Not with inflation running where it is. Right? And as long as those five horsemen are there, I just got to say, you're in a market where you sell the rips, you buy the dips. And maybe you don't even buy the dips too aggressively, right? This is just an ugly, ugly setup, guys. It's just an ugly, ugly setup. The number one, like I said, the number one thing you got to do is get out of your bloody bonds if you're still not in it. Oh, this, yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent because those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time have heard me rail on bonds mercilessly. It just angers me. It irritates me. It frustrates me to see all these headlines. Oh, the 60-40 portfolio is worst loss in decades. You know, who could it? it, it, And it, it irritates me because if you didn't see it coming, you just weren't looking. Where did you think this stuff had to go? Right. Inflation was inevitable. Look at what the government was doing. It was inevitable. If it wouldn't have been COVID, it would have been something else that lit that fire. And when rates are at zero, Your bonds can only lose. And even if they don't, they're still paying you net of fees less than 2% a year. That's not a win. I, and that's what I'm saying. That's why it's such a bad investment. It's not that I'm, I'm not sitting there looking at you going, I will guarantee you that you're going to lose 50% of your bonds. I mean, you're already down 18 to 20 here in the last 16 months. So God only knows how bad it could get. My whole point, the reason you should unload them is because there's no upside. Right in the stock market, if you looked at me and told me right now, look, Zach, <clears throat> I, don't, I agree with you on the bond thing. I don't want him in there, but I'm going all in on Kathy Wood and ARC. That is a more rational decision than having 40% of your money in bonds. Why? Because it could work. Now, am, do I think it's a good risk-adjusted bet that I'm going to take with my client's money? No. But is it is it outside the realm of possibility that you may not be able to get 50 to 100% gains in ARK, A-R-K-K, over the next 12 months? No, that could happen, right? At least there's the chance to win there. What is your upside in bonds? I mean, other than the financial advisor, people go, well, what do you mean? Everybody looks down, the, and you're going to be shocked, right? Uh, <clears throat> we're going to have a Nobel laureate uh, uh, economist on the show. That has now started building indexes, guys. Nobel laureate, Robert Schiller. <clears throat> Go Google him. If you doubt our fixed index annuity or bond replacement strategy, where we use a combination of the fixed index annuity and our private REIT, if you doubt the annuity part, which a bunch of people do, you're disagreeing with a Nobel laureate winning economist. You're disagreeing with a professor of finance at Yale, Roger Ibbotson, who we interviewed on the show a couple of years back. These are heavyweights. I think they got a little more credibility than your advisor. They even get, they got more credibility than I do, right? 
But there, there's so many better things that you can be doing. Like I said, sometimes investments are bad, not because I think you're going to get killed. Now, I do think you will get killed in bonds, but I mean, you're taking risk. I mean, we've been telling you all this time, guys, market starts falling. Bonds are going to go with it every single time. It happened during COVID. It's happening now. It happened in 2018. I mean, how many times do you have to see it? It's busted. The reason you have 40% in bonds is supposed to be a less volatile portfolio. The 60-40 portfolio is down more than the market so far this year. It's amplifying your volatility, not muting it. If you're still in bonds, that's reason enough to walk away. People are like, well, I really like my guy. I do too. Like, I get that. But the question is, okay, you really like him. You're good friends with your advisor. He's got you in 40% bonds. If he agrees to subsidize your retirement, then stick with him. If he doesn't, figure out something else. They're, those things are a bloody millstone around your neck. Like I said, it's not about guaranteed this or guaranteed that. It's about putting yourself in a best, better risk-adjusted place. Our fixed index annuities that we're using, they haven't done anything over the last 12 months. They, they had, I think they were up about 6% from November of 2020 to November of 2021. But if you look at the last 12 months, they haven't done anything. They've made zero. Compare it to a bond fund. Right. And then historically, these things average five to six percent a year. And, and it's not an annuity the way you think. It's just an insured mutual fund, guys. It grows like your mutual fund. You can pull money out of it. It's just insured against loss with no fee. And they average five to six percent. I we got a lot of clients that don't have them. We got clients that go straight port, uh, straight stock. It's like, why do you like annuities? And I'm like, I don't know. It's because they double the growth rate of bonds with none of the risk and none of the cost. I mean, call me crazy. Right. And I actually like it. People are like, you know, there's kind of that, right, it's the dirtiest word investing, kind of that stigma around annuities. I love it. Because <laughs> it's not the sexiest, coolest thing to talk about, but you look at it and go, hey, guys, what is my job? My job is to make more money taking less risk and paying less expense. When I can figure out a way to do it that you guys all think is toxic, and meanwhile, our performance is lapping you, that's fantastic. Right? I mean, that's a, kind of that contrarian approach. That's why I'm laughing when, when, you know, we're outperforming as much as we are. Um, the other thing we want to talk about, and I, I, I don't have as much time to get into this as I want to, but <clears throat> I was reminded by that listener where we manage a small account for him in his 401k because we do 401k counseling for our clients. So we've been positioning all of their stuff, getting the tech out, getting the bonds out. Um, putting in more natural resources stuff, the little that we can find in their 401k plans, positioning them accordingly. But like I was saying, we had a listener call in that that did the stuff that I told him to do, but did it at a level that was even more aggressive than what I told him to do it at. <clears throat> anyway, he basically was short tech and long energy stocks, and he was up 49% year to date. Okay, guys, when you're putting up gains, or in that case, our value portfolio is right around even on the year, and markets are down 16, 17, 20%, whatever, <clears throat> you're playing with a lead. And if you find yourself in that place right now, especially in uncertain periods of times like this, don't get greedy, right? Don't get greedy. Pick your spots. Cash is good. Again, when will I, when, when will I feel differently about that? When one or more, preferably more, of the five horsemen are no longer out there marauding, Right? But have that attitude of let the market come get you, right? Just keep your exposure low. Pick at some good quality stocks when you think they're in a buy range. Keep a lot of cash on hand, right? Manage risk. And you're playing with a big lead like that. If you're up like that, if you've shorted tech and gone long energy and stuff like that, like we've been talking about here, you're sitting on a really nice year. Don't give it back. I think even liquidating out and sitting in cash for a while isn't a bad idea. <clears throat> Now, the one thing I wouldn't do is get rid of all my energy stuff. And that's what you got to be careful with, even on the energy side, guys. You've seen it, right? Think about what happened at the end of last year. Oil drops 26% in two weeks off no good reason. Just basically a stupid rumor or thought that we're going to lock the economy down because of Omicron. Wasn't going to happen. Didn't mean it still didn't occur, right? Those things fell off big. 
And that's what you've got to think. You've got to almost change the way you're thinking. For so long, we were afraid of things getting away from us. Now you need to sit there and wait for them to get low to your price targets. And remember, with every investment you make, you're going to think one of two things. A, you wish you would have bought more. B, you would wish you would have bought less. I am guaranteeing you it is always better to wish you would have bought more. But guys, the other thing, and I really hope, A, that this show has helped you. I know that there's a lot of people that have. And I, guys, if you want to email in and tell me your stories about successes or, or things or, or money that we've saved or whatever, I love hearing that stuff. So don't even feel weird about doing it. It's, nothing puts a bigger smile on your face when you can help people, <clears throat> especially with their investments in crazy times like these. But if you're still sitting there shell-shocked, afraid to do anything, get proactive. Okay, reach out, talk to somebody. If it's not us, go to somebody else that's got a good track record of being an active manager and will acknowledge the current problem in bonds and at least gives you something else to look at. Because like I said, as crazy as that sounds, I, I, it makes more rational sense for somebody to go all in on ARC right now than own bonds. At least that's got an upside. And if, you, if you're wanting that active management, if you're wanting somebody that's putting thought into these things, that is positioning their clients to be able to weather these storms and basically be even on the year, give us a call, 866-779-RISK, and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. We got an incredible slate of guests coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to have Professor Schiller. Week following that, Grant Williams. Week following that, Hugh Hendry. Got a killer lineup coming for you guys, and um, you're going to love it. Anyway, have a great weekend. I'm going to go home and continue to patch myself up from the Kung Fu flu. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management. Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. With all this money printing and with still 0% interest rates, inflation will very likely rise, and when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been telling people for six years, if you're using bonds in the old-school 60-40 mix as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a risk in today's inflationary environment. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy we teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet common sense investing learn how to protect your portfolio against loss but still seek to grow your assets call zach now for your free copy of common sense investing 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement bulwark capital management is an investment advisor representative of trek financial llc and sec registered investment advisor